It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher Packreport.com, part of the Scout.com and CBS Sports.com networks. In today's show, we're talking quarterbacks, Colin Kaepernick, and the 2017 draft class. Not, not the top of the draft class. Nobody cares about those if you're a Packers fan. But the bottom of the draft class quarterbacks and the guys who maybe Green Bay will care about. But before we get into those topics, I would like to remind you to check out the rest of the great Lockdown Podcast Network which includes Locked on NFL Draft, a tremendous podcast. Please go look, listen to that one. Locked on NFL and Locked on Fantasy. And, of course, there's my website, PackerReport.com. I completed my seven-round all-Packers mock draft over there last night. You can check that out. Check that out. The seventh-round pick is a free story and a pretty good project for the offensive line, who I think might be available because, frankly, he wasn't a very good college player. But there's an awful lot to like. So I got that over at Packer Report, and later today I will continue my um, review of Ted Thompson's drafts and trying to figure out who the Packers could draft this year. I will continue that with the offensive line, obviously a key position for Green Bay after losing T.J. Lang and J.C. Treader in free agency. All right, let's talk quarterbacks. With Colin Kaepernick, first of all. Obviously, that is a national issue. Why is Colin Kaepernick unemployed? The guy who had a lot of success early in his time with the 49ers. Took him to a couple championship games. Never quite got over the hump. And then his career took quite the downhill slide. And then last year, of course, he made waves. Not for anything he did in the field. But for his stance of the National Anthem and taking a knee in protest of what he sees are the injustices of our country. Um, intelligent minds can have different opinions on that topic. And I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to get into, into purely football stuff. And that's the fact that he's not very good. He showed signs of being great, but instead of taking the ne- next step in his career, his career went the wrong way. Now, everything else to me in this is, is irrelevant. And here's something from USA, Today, USA Today's For the Win website. And the headline here says, Team's latest excuse for not signing Kaepernick is their most laughable one yet. Well, geez, let's not get too opinionated, right? Geez, Louise. Look, here's why no one wants Colin Kaepernick on their team at this point. A, for one, if you want a quarterback, go draft one. And then B, you go revisit the veteran stuff. And two, you know, I remember when the Packers stunk way back. A lot of you don't remember that. I do remember this. And there was always that deal where the most popular quarterback in Green Bay is the backup quarterback. 
<laughs> because the backup quarterback in the eyes of the fans is always better than that loser who was the starter. Well, there are a lot of teams with bad quarterbacks. And there are a lot of bad teams. You can't have your backup quarterback being the least popular guy on the team. Quarterback Backup quarterbacks should be uh, like your old school kid. Seen but not heard. My kids are seen and heard, by the way. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't fly in the Huber house. But um, do you really want your backup quarterback being a distraction? Do you want your backup quarterback being talked about at all? No, he's your backup quarterback. There's no reason for your backup quarterback to be even in the picture for anything besides football. Anything else is a total and utter distraction. Now, maybe that distraction lasts, you know, if the, you know, let's just take, the Packers aren't going to sign Colin Kaepernick. They have, they have no, no need. He's from Milwaukee and all that. They have no need for Colin Kaepernick. But let's just say the Packers signed him. He would be a distraction at times. First, when they signed him, you know, the first uh, time I get to talk to him during OTAs, he'd be a distraction then. It probably would start anew again when the regular season starts and maybe some national people come in. I don't know if it would be a, a tremendous distraction, at least here, but maybe elsewhere. And, you know, I would think people are going to be coming into, because it is Green Bay, and national writers come in all the time, and I think the Kaepernick stuff would, would come up again and again and again. And who wants the headache? He's your backup quarterback. He's not your starter. He should not be, he should not be talked about. And that's the problem with Kaepernick. And look, um, you can have... You can totally agree with Kaepernick on his stance on stuff. You can disagree with Kaepernick on his stance on stuff. That's it's not really relevant to the conversation, though. You just don't want your quarterback be. He's just he would just be a distraction, fairly or unfairly. I think. Um, you look, and the guy's done some good stuff too. I mean, personally, um, I was I didn't like taking a knee during the anthem. I thought there was better ways to get your message out. And, you know, maybe I'm stupid. You know, I've, I've never had to get a message out. And I've never thought about it. You know, and, and having the, the pig socks um, as an you know, anti-police thing, I mean, that, that does you no favors at all. If you want to have, make some social commentaries, fine. You know, I, I think there's something to be said for that as an athlete and using your platform to make the world a better place. And I am, look, I've never walked a, a mile Hell, hell, I'm not, I never walked a foot in his shoes. So for me to have an opinion on that stuff, probably not fair. But if we want you, if you want us to take you seriously, probably shouldn't wear pig socks. Because you know what? There are a lot of damn good police officers. Are there some bad ones? Probably. They're bad people in every phase of life. They're, they're bad people as sports writers or, or bad people at the phonery. Bad people as your meteorologist. I mean, hell, there are bad people in every walk of life. So, but beyond that, I mean, look, I mean, the guy's donating food. You know, when, you know, there's news that Meals on Wheels funding would be cut, he, what, he donated $25,000. The guy's done some good things. He's probably raised, raised, geez Louise, raised awareness. Well, I shouldn't say probably. I mean, he certainly has. People have talked about things. Because of people like Kaepernick taking a knee during the anthem, so. But nonetheless, that's the. It's. 
probably okay when you're a starter and all that. But when you're a backup, you just can't be that guy. In my opinion, I think you're just you're hurting the team when you're getting out on front on issues that are ruffling feathers. And if I'm an owner and you, and you want me to pay you nine million dollars, I frankly I, I don't need the headache. I don't need the headache for a guy holding a clipboard. Look, he's got a fifth. You know, only that matters is football. If you can play, fine. But I, I don't want. I don't know if the guy can play. His first couple years, or his first first year as a part-time starter, this is when he, the first year he got the Niners to the championship game, 62.4% completion percentage. Now he's at 59.8. His last two years, he's 59% in 2015, 59.2% in 2016. I, you know, I realize some of the stuff is the people around him. And he's, the Niners are horrible. But you have to improve. When you're a young player, you need to improve. And there's no sign that he improved. When did the Packers play the Niners last? It was out there in, out there in San Francisco. 2015, I mean, he was just horrible in that game. Absolutely horrible. I mean, he missed reads or guides wide open that he either airmailed or threw the ball in the dirt. I mean, he was just terrible. I mean, you can't have a bad quarterback wanting a lot of money and then preaching um, social stuff on it. Just it's not going to fly. Um, maybe, maybe it makes some sense after the dust settles here in the draft, and you know, you're some crappy team, and you're unsettled at quarterback, and they say, "Oh shoot, you know what? I trust my coaches. Maybe we can get the guy coached up." You know, like the Browns did with, with RG three last year. Didn't work, but maybe that kind of thing where. You think maybe you can salvage his career, but at this point, thank you, but no thank you. If your company would like to talk directly to Packers fans, your company could be right here sponsoring Locked On Packers. Sponsor Locked On Packers, and your company will reach a passionate 98% male audience that is 78% between the ages of 18 to 44 and 75% from 25 to 54. Recent studies have shown that podcast listeners are 65% more likely to interact with sponsors and other forms of media. Get your company great exposure right here on Lockdown Packers. Our rates are very reasonable and based solely on the number of listeners, so you get your value. Email me at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com to get started today. That is packwriter2002 at yahoo.com for more information on Lockdown Packers. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash List. All right, so what about the Packers? If we're talking quarterbacks, they got obviously they got Rodgers starting, Brett Hundley, a very, very capable and talented backup. And then, then uh, Joe Callahan, the Division Three kid who really impressed during last preseason, he's their number three at this point. McCarthy clearly would like to have four. So who do you go to in this draft? Well, there's four guys I like. Two are going to 
probably aren't worth picking if you're the Packers because they're, they're mid-round guys. One, Joshua Dobbs from Tennessee. Two, Nathan Peterman from Pittsburgh. Those two guys are probably gone. Um, Dobbs, you probably if you're a big football fan, you probably know his story. I mean, here's a guy who's interested in in rocketry and, and something. He's just like all world smarts. Good quarterback, athletic, really athletic. Peterman started his career at Tennessee, wasn't going to get past Dobbs in the depth chart, transferred to Pittsburgh, and had a really good year. Um, interestingly, Dobbs and Peterman both were at the Senior Bowl, and Peterman outplayed Dobbs over there. Um, Peterman also a good athlete. Well, Dobbs ran around 4-6 in his 40. Peterman ran 4-8-2. Interesting stats here from Pro Football Focus on their great draft guide. They have deep passing stats. Um, Dobbs completed 25 out of 52. Um, when you can, when you add drops in there, he became, he becomes the third most accurate deep ball passer in this draft. Peterman, 21 out of 42 on deep balls. Again, when you add the drops into that, you turn the drops into completions, he becomes the fourth most accurate deep ball passer. I am a big Peterman fan. He, to me, is the perfect Packers guy. If you're looking mid-round, but... You know, unless Green Bay really, really, really intends to trade Hunley, I don't, I don't see the Packers going mid-round quarterback. So let's go a couple late, later round tries here. One, Jared Evans from Virginia Tech. 6'3", right in the Packers' wheelhouse, height-wise. We had a 4'8-0 in his 40. Deep ball passing, he's the number six most accurate quarterback. He completed 34 to 75. A lot of deep balls there. So Green Bay likes, Green Bay really likes those guys who are 6'2, 6'3. Um, and they like guys who can throw the ball. Um, the one thing on knock on Evans, hand size. He's got nine and three inch hands. Green Bay, other than Matt Flynn, has not drafted a, a quarterback with small hands. And I would think that would probably hold true here, too. Here's the guy to remember. I hope I get his name pronounced. Seifo Lufau from Colorado. I watched him one game. I think it might have been against Michigan. Got the living um, crap kicked out of him. I almost said the other thing. And he just kept coming back. I remember one time he got hit. You know, he got hard. He had to help him up. And then he got up and threw a touchdown pass. Like on a long pass. I, I think it was against Michigan. I could be wrong on that. Long time ago. I don't remember what happened last week. Never been a football game in September, but really impressed me. Uh, one, of the, one of the people over at Colorado called him the toughest sucker in the building. Here's why I like him. A couple stats. I'm, I'm stats guy. He is the fourth most accurate passer in this draft. If you count drops as completions, which I like what Pro Football Focus does there. Fourth most accurate passer in this draft with a 75.8% Adjusted completion rate. Number two, he is accurate under pressure, which to me is a huge stat. When pressure's coming, you're going to stick in there and throw the ball. He ranks sixth with an adjusted completion rate of 66.7%. A mixture of Bisky of North Carolina and Dobbs, one of the quarterbacks who ranked ahead of him. 
Throws a damn good deep ball. Again, if you count drops his complete... Well, first of all, he completed 19 out of 42 on deep passes. Now, if you include the five drops, that puts him up to 24 out of 42. That makes him the most accurate deep ball passer in this draft. So statistically, I like those numbers. Number two, he's got Packer size. 6'3", 232. Big hands. 10 and 3 quarters. Big hands are huge here in Green Bay. Remember when Rodgers got drilled in that playoff game? And the question was, how did you hold on to the ball? And he held up his hands and says, size matters. is a funny line, but... The truth there is, big hands are great on cold football days. I mean, they're great really at any day for holding on to the ball, but I think it's especially a big thing here in Green Bay. So he's accurate under pressure. He throws a good deep ball. He's got big hands. So those are all things that I like about him. He is the um, nephew of Jack Thompson. If you're a longtime football player, longtime football fan, um, maybe the, maybe the name Jack Thompson means nothing to you. The nickname Throwing Samoan probably does. Drafted by the Bengals, I believe, in 1979. So there's a lot of things to like there with Sifau, or yeah, with uh, Sifo Lufau. Um, he was at the combine as a throwing quarterback. So I mean, you're talking about a guy maybe a seventh round try, maybe a priority free agent. A lot of things to like there. With that prospect, and again, I don't, I don't think Green Bay is going to expend much draft capital on getting another quarterback in here. And if that's the case, I think you could do a lot worse if you're the Packers than taking a swing at the bat with him. All right, one final note. Did you see how that LPGA tournament ended over the weekend? I've read about it this morning. Um, if you missed it, one of the players who was, who was leading at the time incurred a four-stroke penalty. Because a fan watching at home noticed a rules violation and emailed the LPGA. The LPGA reviewed it, found the, re- the, the uh, violation, and did in fact incur. They penalized her two strokes for the penalty and then two strokes for an incorrect scorecard. Um, so a total of four-stroke penalty. She ends up railing to force a playoff only to lose the playoff. Um, brutal. And what she did is she marked the ball incorrectly. Um, I play golf. I have no idea what she did wrong. Um, if you care, I'm sure you can look it up if you're really interested in it. But because, you know, I play golf, I pick up the ball, and I chuck down a penny. You know, I, there's, not, there's not a whole lot of thought process put into it because I suck at golf. It's a fun day with Mrs. Packer report. That's really my idea of golf. And frankly, I don't mark the ball anyway. So it's the two of us. If you hit my ball, God bless you. Um, so... She loses a tournament because a fan knows the most trivial things. I mean, it looked like she put the ball down. I have no idea what she did wrong, marking the ball. But um, what a way to lose. Can you imagine that in the NFL? If the fans got to email in to Dean, Dean Blandino, is the um, head of the referees for the NFL. Can you imagine? He's on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> they can mention him on Twitter. At Dean Blandino, did you see the holding penalty? Dean Blandino, did you see Golden Tate and M.V. Jennings in the 2012 Seahawks-Packers fail Mary game? Cowboys would say, hey, Dean Blandino, that's a catch. Wasn't a catch. By rule, it was not a catch. We had the referees in uh, before last season. 
uh, during training camp. They walk through what a catch was. That is not a catch. Um, you can argue that the rule is bad, but by the rule, that was not a catch. Um, hey, Dean Blandino. Uh, <laughs> it would go on forever, and then my goodness, I got nothing would ever happen in the game. And he'd be team, fans from both teams would be calling up rules violations because, oh, God, what a... What a show that'd be. So let's hope the pack, let's hope the NFL in hopes of driving up viewership. And the NFL is always looking to drive up viewership. Let's hope the NFL to drive up viewership does not go to that route. Hey Dean Blandino. <laughs> that was holding on the right guard. <laughs> Alright, that'll do it for this episode of Lockdown Packers. Have a great day. And if I screwed up this podcast, um, don't hit me up on Twitter. Don't, don't email me. <laughs> once, because once the podcast is done, it's final. Um, that we will have no, no four-minute penalties for this podcast. So have a great day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.